Welcome back, everyone. We're glad you could join us on Indiana Sports Talk. It is brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Coming up, we're going to talk about Purdue and their matchup this afternoon with Nebraska. Paul Condry will join me. We'll talk high school football right now, though. Busy day in college football. Catch you up on all of that. The star of our show is Network Indiana's Brad Huber. A busy day in college football across the state of Indiana. We'll begin the NAIA level number four. Indiana Westlane defeated St. Francis 52 to 21. Indiana Westlane goes to eight and zero. St. Francis falls to four and four. Marion number five in the country defeated Taylor 34 to 20. Marion goes to nine and zero. Taylor two and seven. And guess what? These two teams will play each other next week in what will be probably the game of the year in the NAIA. IA level Indiana Westlane and Marion four versus five next week in football. Division three, it was Bluffton all over Anderson, 45 to 7. Anderson falls to 0 and 8. DePaul rolls over Canyon, 58 to 7. DePaul goes to 9 and 0, 23rd in the country. That would seem to uh, jump coming up next week. Mount St. Joseph's blanks Franklin, 55 to nothing. Franklin falls to 3 and 5. Rose Holman squeaks by Hanover, 44 to 39. Rose Holman goes to 6 and 2. Hanover over the 5-3. Defiance defeats Manchester 51-27. Manchester is 0-7. The Little Giants of Wabash, uh, 52-20 over Wittenberg. The Little Giants now 6-2 on the year. We just heard from Coach Keevers of the University of Indianapolis, and they were all over Upper Iowa, 35-7 to go to 8-0 on the year, number 10 in the country in Division 2. They'll play to clinch the championship next week against McKendry. Championship Series, uh, Indiana State gave North Dakota, 15th ranked in the country, everything they could handle and then some, but North Dakota squeaks by 36-33 in overtime. Indiana State goes to 0-8 on the year, and Butler wins the in-state battle over Valpo, 17-7. Butler to 6-3, Valpo to 1-7, and Division One Notre Dame rolls all over Pittsburgh, 58-7. They'll go to 5 and two and a very winnable next several games. They could very easily get to 10 and two before the bowl schedule. Nebraska defeats Purdue 31 to 14. Purdue had a couple of touchdowns late, but uh, wasn't enough or too little too late. Purdue goes to two and six on the year. And Indiana gave Penn State everything they could handle, but Penn State wins it late 33 to 24. Brandon Soresby for Indiana. Three touchdown passes. Indiana goes to two and six. That was a 33 the 24 final to basketball we go the Indiana Pacers go to 2-0 and on the year they defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers 125-113 to Aaron Naismith with 26 points Tyrese Halliburton almost a triple double 21 points 13 rebounds and 8 assists he had 3 clutch straight pointers down the stretch to clinch the win today for Indiana Miles Turner has 20 points as well the Pacers host the Bulls on Monday college basketball 2 top 15 teams in the exhibition game in Fayetteville Arkansas beat Purdue 81 to 77 in overtime in a very entertaining game Zach Eady had 15 points Indiana State gets by Cincinnati 70 to 68 and another charity scrimmage 
Ryan Conwell had 19 points for the Sycamores. Butler beat Ohio Northern 78 to 46. DJ Davis 13 points. Marion beat IU Southeast 90 to 76. Marion will play Indiana next week. ECHL hockey four second period goals for Indy Field. Indy Field get the win 62 over the Kalamazoo Wings and the Fort Wayne Comets roll over the Wheeling Nailers 7 to 3. Cameron Wright had three goals of his own right. And the World Series, Arizona leading 9-1 in the bottom of the ninth. Likely that will be a 1-1 headed to Arizona next week. Martin Trex Jr. Ty Gibbs will be on the front row at Martinsville tomorrow. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Purdue losing to Nebraska this afternoon, 31-14, with me from the Purdue Radio Network, Rob Blackman. Rob, thank you so much for the call. Um, this was a very disappointing loss this afternoon for the Boilermakers. Well, depending on what side of the ball you play on, that's a uh, that's a true statement or not a true statement. Uh, I say that because Purdue today forced five fumbles, recovered four of them, one of which they recovered for a touchdown and still lost by 17 points. Uh, defensively, I thought Purdue was awfully awfully good today. Outside of a big 73-yard touchdown pass in the second quarter where the pre-safety mm-hmm. Dylan Thieneman allowed the receiver to get behind him. Outside of that, that was about Purdue's only breakdown defensively. But, boy, offensively today, yeah, Purdue was disappointing to say the least. I mean, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, Bob, so I'm, I'm trying to go from memory here. But I think... I think Purdue ran 54 plays and did not even have 200 yards on offense. I mean, that is it's hard to win. Fourth in the league in total defense. Uh, only allows 77 yards a game on the ground. That's top 10 in the country. But still, you need to be better than that offensively if you're Purdue. And I thought it was interesting in the in the post-game interview, uh, Ryan Walters did a pretty good job of staying somewhat diplomatic, but if you're reading between the lines or listening between the lines, mm-hmm. he kept praising his defense and then saying, we need to do a better job of complimentary football, which for the layman foot- <laughs> football fan who maybe doesn't hear enough coach speak, what that means is time for the offense to start you know, here. Um, so... Yeah, really, really tough day for the Purdue offense. Uh, hard to watch at times, quite frankly. But Purdue defensively, I, I'll tip my cap to them. I, I, I don't know that they could have played a whole lot better today. I mean, literally, uh, you, you, Purdue's defense scored one of the two touchdowns. You felt like today right, the only right. chance Purdue had to win is if the defense scored like four touchdowns. That was about your only chance uh, to get four TDs out of your defense. So that's uh, that, that's not complimentary football, and that, that makes it tough to win. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but uh, we all know football is a game where your quarterback is unbelievably important. And uh, Hudson Card struggled, had 100 yards in passing. And, um, yeah, that's hard. Those are hard numbers uh, to have from your starting quarterback. And the expectations were very high for him coming into this season. And, you know, he got off to a good start early in the year. Uh, got banged up a little bit in that Illinois game and was never really quite right after that game physically. But everything we heard coming off the bye week, which was this past weekend, was that Hudson Card right. had gotten back to full strength, that he was going to be, you know, the, the Hudson Card we had seen early in the season. So 
Uh, he was not very good today. I'm certainly not going to lay it all at his feet because that's not fair to him. Right. There were some drop drop balls that, that should have been caught, quite frankly. Uh, but just, I mean, just offensively today, it was uh, – think about this, Bob. Purdue, I, I mentioned the, the four fumble recoveries. One of them was for a touchdown. The other three fumble recoveries gave Purdue the ball inside of Nebraska's 35-yard line every time. So Yikes. the other three fumble recoveries, the defense literally – Handed the ball to the offense and said, "Look, here you go. We put you in scoring position. You know, let, let's go. Let's go. Have you guys do your part." And Purdue didn't. Purdue came away with only six points in those three three opportunities. So, um, yeah, just it, it starts with a quarterback. It always does. Whether that's right or it's wrong, it's the way it's always been. So that's what you have to live with. But just across the board, Purdue just not not nearly good enough offensively. And the problem is, next Saturday night you play at Michigan. Who is? If you thought this Nebraska defense was good, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. he needs to improve, improve greatly on offense, or it, it could be really ugly next Saturday night. Unfortunately. Well, I mean, it was, uh, it was clearly disappointing today, and you expect a little bit different coming off a of bye week too. Yeah, Purdue had won. You know, great stat last uh, seven seasons. Coming off the bye week, Purdue had won five of seven. Now, I understand new coaches, new players, but right, Purdue traditionally right. has had a lot of luck coming off that bye week. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it's and look, you never know or you, you, when you hear from the coaches and the players, but it felt like, you know, coming off the bye week, Purdue not only had gotten as healthy as it could get, but also felt like they had some renewed energy about them. And, again, right. it, it's – I, I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because defensively, Purdue looked like it had some renewed inter- energy. It looked like it came to play. Uh, it looked like it wanted to fight for a chance to make it to the to a bowl game. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure why the offense decided to take a day off, but uh, unfortunately they did. Rob Blackman from the Purdue Radio Network. Purdue losing to Nebraska 31-14. I appreciate the call. I know you're on the road. and Be safe. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Scoreboard update coming up soon. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock, Lucas Oil Stadium. The Indianapolis Colts look to bounce back from a tough loss to the Cleveland Browns last week, looking to get back to 500, 4-4 on the year. Let's hear from DeForest Buckner on learning from mistakes going into the game. Um, obviously, and you know, just learning from those mistakes that you made in the, the game before, and uh, making sure you're working on those, you know, the, your weaknesses, you know, throughout the week to to make sure you um, go into the next game, you know, uh, with the upper hand. We talked about trying to take games out of the officiating's hands. Well, we also hear from DeForest Buckner on sticking the details at the end of the games to try to make the, enough plays to come up with a W on Sunday. You know, we got the Saints at home. We got a great opportunity to, to bounce back at home as well. And, uh, you know, like his message was true. You know what I mean? This time of the year, teams are going to start going down or going up and showing who they really are. And, you know, we've been in, in a lot of close games and, you know, just not finding ways to finish. So, you know, obviously we got to really, really be critical with the details and the, everything that we do with the game plan and, and find a way at the end of the game to finish those close games. 
That's again a 1 o'clock kickoff tomorrow at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Colts and the New Orleans Saints, a, a beginning of a stretch of very winnable games for the Indianapolis Colts. The Indiana Pacers get the win over the Cleveland Cavaliers, 125-113. to They go to 2-0 on the year. Tyrese Halliburton, almost a triple-double, 21 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists, including three straight three-pointers to put the game away. Aaron Neesmith had 26 points. Miles Turner had 20. The Pacers will play the Chicago Bulls at Gamebridge Fieldhouse on Monday for their next game. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. What a night last night. First, excuse me, semifinal Friday of high school football. And uh, to talk about it, as we normally do, on Saturday nights, the man himself, Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network, Indiana Football Digest. He's a member of the Indiana Football Hall of Fame, Indiana Sports Writers and Sports Casters Hall of Fame. Paul, busy, busy night last night. Some really, really great games. Hard to know where to start, but I think uh, Ben Davis, Brownsburg, you look at the score with nine minutes to go, you're thinking Brownsburg moving on, and then Ben Davis just does something that not very many teams have done against a John Hart coached football team. He put uh, 21-plus on them unanswered. Yeah, Mark Zachary, the big play in that particular game with the interception, the Indiana Football Digest primetime 25 recipient that was was big. And, of course, their quarterback at Ben Davis has been outstanding. And I think uh, when it's all said and done, uh, you have to look back on the body of work for Russ Mann in his first year. You know, to not lose a game in Indiana, you know, between them and mm-hmm. Center Grove, which is, you know, a potential game down the road that could be right. something special. But it was a it was a special night of high school football, Coach. I think if you look at the big uh, picture of this, I know I talk about that a lot. There were we we are guaranteed right now thirteen new sectional winners. Wow, that's a lot when you think about wow. that. Uh, it is. It is, and, and you think about what's even more special about this thing is there are four schools, Eastern Greentown, Southmont, Eastern Picking, and Scottsburg. Those groups of kids have a chance to win the school's first sectional championship. And I was part – I remember what it was like winning the school's first basketball sectional championship at Hobart in 1972. I was in 10th mm-hmm. grade. Mm-hmm. And I remember how special that was. To be able to be a part of that, I mean, we had, we had school off, we had a, a parade downtown, uh, and, and, and I re, I'll never forget it. For the right. I mean, I'm 67 years old, coach, and I still remember that. And when I think about that, I still get goosebumps because it was one of the most significant moments as a youth that uh, that I had a chance to experience, and it's one of the reasons I fell in love with education-based athletics is because of moments just like that. So I, I can't say that I'm rooting for the teams that they're playing against, but those kind of stories that are going to be written right in front of us. We also, you know, we can say this, that uh, Class 2A is literally a wide-open field because not only are, is the champion and the runner-up a year ago or have gone. Uh, Evansville Modern Day got beat this past weekend in a right. in a crazy game there. So, uh, you know, Fort Wayne Carroll, the, the runner-up in 6A, is gone. Uh, you know, some teams that are still hanging around, as we expected. You and I have talked about this 
for the last few weeks. East Central is a powerful team. Center Grove mm-hmm. still a very, very powerful team. Chittard, I know they had a little bit of a hiccup against uh, Garen Catholic this week, but they still advance. And I think if you were to describe uh, uh, this whole uh, semifinal Friday, it's three words, survive and advance. That's really what this is about because uh, on Friday, and we'll be talking about some of the top games coming up this week, uh, probably in the next segment, but that's what you want. You want to be in a position to win the the state's hardest uh, trophy to win. And I think we had a really good Friday. We had warm weather, even though we had some rain. Mm -hmm. We have not had 60-degree weather on the last Friday in October in a very, very long time. I'm not one of one of those weather freaks where, who monitor right. the weather, but I could, right. I don't recall in my, in, in recent memory, uh, having that kind of stuff. So it was a really, really special night. There were some crazy performances. We saw some teams play outside their, even their own minds. And we had some teams do some special things. So it was a wonderful night of high school football, which is what, uh, you know, this is, this makes this special. And we have teams continue to, uh, uh, you know, kind of spin us, spin our heads around. and thinking, wow, are these guys ever going to lose like Indianapolis Lutheran? They've won 39 straight games, Bob. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. that's crazy, Coach, to think about the big picture there. It is. Right. How about the battle for Bloomington last night? Bloomington South with a uh, convincing win over Bloomington North. Uh, it, it's amazing. Those two teams ranked, what, two and three, one and two, higher, however it is. But this one goes to South 44-31 last night. Yeah, and when you think of this, uh, you know, Gabe Johnson's team, uh, has, you know, that, the last time those two teams played, I believe it was the 8th of September, if my memory serves me correct. But that was a 25-24 overtime loss. And for you to be able to bounce back and take care of business, you know, that you really got to be thinking as Bloomington South, a team that's going to, you know, come through the 5 8 tournament from the right. South. Right. Uh, I think you'd be hard pressed to say, well, who else is going to do that? Nothing against Whiteland or anybody else that's down in that 5 8 part of the bracket, but right now they're, they're playing lights out football. And I think you have to say, okay, now you get into comparing sec. You get comparing sectionals, comparing regular season games. There are so much. There are so many variables there, Coach, where you don't know how good is the North, how good is the South. I do know right. one thing: right. that there are some pretty good football teams out there in the South. The question is, Bloomington South have what it takes to uh, uh, get the job done. It's been a long time. It seems. I mean, and Bloomington South has a tremendous amount of postseason success because if you look back at it, you know they've won a couple state championships in '93. Plus, you go mm-hmm. back into mm-hmm. even further than that with all those mythical state champions that they had. So it's been a long time for uh, Bloomington South to be able to be in this position. I think you had to go back to the to the late '90s. I think '98. Uh, if my memory serves me correct, uh, since they won a state championship, but they're primed and are ready to go. How about Warsaw with the 31-17 win over Carroll of Fort Wayne last night? All you have to say is two words. Bart Ball. That's what they call <laughs> right. it up here in the north. Right. Bart Ball. Bart Curtis has done a masterful job of running his uh, his offense. And similar to that is what Mishawaka has done. Of course, Mishawaka uh, 
was where Bart was at before, and Keith Kinder's taken up that mo- that uh, moniker there and continued their program. And both of those teams, respectively, both in the same conference, uh, have continued to play methodical. You know, perfect example in, the, in that Mishawaka game last night. They had a 12-play, 99-yard drive where they just ran the ball right at your face and punched it in the face, and then they made you like right. it. And that's exactly what we saw in the game against Carroll. It's hard to it's hard to play against. It's like playing against the service academies. Uh, you have to be able to, no matter how hard you try to prepare against it, you cannot simulate it in practice because no one does it in practice. And I think if you look at what Eric Morris done at Center Grove, it's very very similar. They are so hard to try to game plan against because they mm-hmm. do things so uniquely. Uh, and and I I'll throw this one just out there because it just popped into my brain, Coach. You remember when Dean Smith was coaching at North Carolina and Phil Ford was running that four right. corner offense? Right. Bob Knight at, at, at IU doing basketball when they're running the motion offense. There are sometimes and there's moments in time where you are so good at what you do that no matter who mm-hmm. you're playing, you're better than because no one can can compete in that di- in that little. Uh, realm in that dynamic. I think it's special what Bart's doing, but they are going to have their work cut out for them because they're taking on a Penn team that's had four straight shutouts. Uh, I'll tell hmm. you what, that is going to be a tough road to hoe for Warsaw on Friday. He's Paul Condry. He's from the Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest. Paul, Hang in here. We'll come back and talk about next week, talk a little bit more about last night and take it to take a look at the matchups coming up uh, Friday for the sectional championships and um, uh, reflect back on uh, what's been a really, really successful year as we march toward uh, the state championships at Lucas Oil Stadium coming up during the Thanksgiving holiday. So we'll do that with Paul Condry when we come back on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Let's take one more look at the college football scoreboard today. NAIA, number five, Marion, 9-0 and on the year. They beat Taylor, 34-20. Number four, Indiana Westlake gets the win, 52-21. Those two teams will play each other next week, four versus five. Division three, Bluffton defeats Anderson, 45-7. DePaul, number 23 in the country, all over Kenyon, 58-7. Mount St. Joseph's plays Franklin, 55-0. Rose Holman squeaks by Hanover, 44-39. Defiance beats Manchester 51-27. Wabash all over Wittenberg 52-20. Indianapolis, a big win today, number 10 in the country, 8-0. They beat Upper Iowa 35-7. They can clinch the conference championship next week. North Dakota beat Indiana State 36-33. Almost an upset as North Dakota wins 36-33. Indiana State 0-8. Butler beats Valpo 17-7. Notre Dame rolls all over Pittsburgh 58-7. Nebraska beats Purdue 31-14. And Penn State beat Indiana 33-24. The Xfinity Series today, a wild finish at Martinsville in Virginia. Justin Algaier gets to win. Barely by 31 thousandths of a second over Sheldon Creed. Sammy Smith, Riley Herbst, and Josh Berry, the top five. Championship four is now set. Sam Mayer, John Hunter Nemechek, Justin Algaier, Cole Custer will race for the championship. The highest finisher is the champion next week at the Phoenix International Raceway. Coming up in our final segment, we'll preview the NFL schedule for tomorrow, including the Indian 
Indianapolis Colts hosting the New Orleans Saints. And also look at the NASCAR Cup Series as they head to Martinsville for the final race before the championship four. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. We resume our conversation with Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest. Paul, we talked about some games, obviously, last night in sectional semifinal. I don't uh, – sectional semifinal Friday. I want to talk a, a little bit more uh, about a couple of those – a couple of performances last night. And you talked about Bart Curtis and his impact and his style – uh, can we say the same thing about uh, Russ Radke at Knox when the, they get a hard-fought win over West Noble 15-13 last night? Yeah, there weren't a lot of games in your battle of unbeatens, but Russ has been around the block uh, maybe six or seven times. I think I that's the best way to yeah. put that. But yeah, they were yeah. able to contain them. But, you know, once again, you have to look at this and say, okay, are they going to be able to compete once they get to uh, to, a, to a regional or to a semi-state and despite what uh, you know, people think, Chittard is still the best football team in Class 3A until uh, somebody mm-hmm. uh, says to Robbie Doyle, hey, listen, you can't do this anymore. But they, they're, they're on a roll. And, you know, you know last night, Robbie came at, at Chittard, outstanding, 26 rushes, 152 yards. Uh, their quarterback, outstanding, three touchdown passes. But they won 17 straight overall games, eight straight playoffs games. So, I, you know, nothing against uh, anybody else, but because that's what you mm-hmm. have got to do. You've got to be able to say, okay, I'm good enough to be able to beat Chittard, uh, and you know, and we're going to have a great game coming up between them and Hamilton. Hamilton Heights has had a special year, but have they had a right. year good enough to beat Chittard? I would be hard-pressed to say that anybody can beat that team in 3A right now. If uh, if John Kirshner does that, well, hats off to him. But that's going to be a great matchup of two 11-0 teams in sectional 28. That's going to be special. There's some other really, really attractive games, Coach. In, in in this uh, sectional final tournament, and you know, let's just start from the top in six A. Warsaw yeah, and ten, two nine and one teams. We have a mm. we have a mm. deja vu all over again with the the mud sock bowl between the two teams up in Hamilton mm-hmm. County with Hamilton Southeastern and uh, Fisher seven and three. Kobe Martin, we're doing a special feature on him on Colts.com coming up this week. Cathedral at Lawrence North. Lawrence North has played well down the stretch in Class Five. Bay, uh, Evansville North and Castle, two teams in the Southern Indiana Athletic Conference are playing well. Harrison, keep an eye on uh, Harrison. Harrison's a team that is uh, uh, strikingly very, very good. They're outstanding linemen. Uh, the Zellwinger kid is on the cover of our Indiana Football Digest. is a really special talent up front, one of the best linemen in our state. Uh, look out for that team as they're going to be matched up against Decatur Central. I like three or four games in 4A. Northwood at Northridge Two teams in the same league mm-hmm. that played each other earlier in the year. That is a really attractive affair. Uh, I look back on that uh, that regular season matchup between those two teams, and it was a nip-and-tuck affair. And I think that game is going to be a nip-and-tuck affair again uh, this this week. Kokomo, 9-2 against unbeaten Ole Miss. That will be a neat game up at Minnesota. Uh, rights and Memorial. I've heard Mike Scavara talk about this every <laughs> right. Friday night that right. he's called into your show right. on Friday because he's he and I are usually right around uh, calling in about the same time. But this is a Rights football team. This may be the best team in Fort Wayne in a long time. Nothing against 
uh, modern day coming through. But uh, Ben Davis, their quarterback, has had a sensational year. Uh, and, of course, the, the last time these two teams played, Wrights uh, took uh, Memorial out to the woodshed. That was 34 to nothing back in late mm-hmm. September. But their quarterback uh, last night against Bedford North Lawrence, 12-16 for 278 yards and three touchdowns. Wrights could be a team that could really make some noise in 4A. 3A, I think there's an interesting matchup here. Hanover Central, I'm not really sure how good they are, but I can tell you what, that Caden Burdett, their running back, has been sensational. He had 304 yards rushing last night. Mm. Uh, they're mm. going to be matched up against uh, Shane Fry's West Lafayette. Shane, is a, he's been coaching them up for a long ever since he took over that program, and I think that's right. A, right. a team that you have to keep an eye on. I would say the the other uh, teams that uh, games, oh, you talk to your Hamilton Heights, Tri-West Monrovia is an attractive affair in two-way. Eastern Greentown and Bluffton is a neat one. Paoli, uh, North Posey, and North Judson, and Triton in 1A, and Springs Valley in Providence. Springs Valley, Coach, you were at the Gritties last year. Yes. You know how special the Springs Valley story is. Uh, And Jason Lowe has done a masterful job getting that team ready to go at 10-1. But Providence has the best year in the school's program. There are so many unbelievable stories in Indiana high school football going into sectional final championship week. It's going to be special. I couldn't say it any better. Hard to believe we're winning championships <laughs> next week. We're bringing weekend. home the, the hardest trophy in all of IHSA sports next week, Coach. That's exactly right. Paul? Thank you so much for all you do for the game and and for our show and the football fans around the state. You're the best. Paul Condry, thanks as always for doing this. Have a great week. Great to be with you tonight, Coach. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Paul. Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and Indiana Football Digest. We have him with us on Saturdays to recap what happened on Friday night. Uh, so this coming Friday night will be sectional championship night. It's always a great night on the show and a great night around the state. Um, you'll be talking about winning a championship. You heard Paul uh, mention he believes it's the hardest championship to win in the IHSAA. Um, his reasoning is, I think, uh, pretty valid. you, you got to win three straight games, number one. Uh, you don't know uh, going into the tournament where you'll be, whether you'll be on the home, uh, at home or on the road. Weather becomes a major factor, obviously, and fall in the state of Indiana. And uh, grading periods end at various times. Now you have fall break and some of the uh, situations that can create where you're you know, you, you're, you're off um, and, and you're out of your normal routine. And so, um, not to mention the fact that you're playing good teams. So it's a very difficult thing to do, and we'll be here for you on Friday to talk about that. Brad Huber with me on the scoreboard update. What's happening in the uh, in the baseball world? Who's winning that game? Well, that game did go final, and Arizona tacked on a couple more runs in the ninth, and okay. they ended up winning 9-1 to today. Wow. So the World Series tied at one game apiece, and they'll head across uh, a couple of states from – Arlington, Texas, over to Phoenix, Arizona, and the Diamondbacks will host uh, games three and four coming up next week. 
The cool thing is it was kind of an unlikely pairing anyway. And so you get a couple of different teams in and it's been, it's fun to watch, um, uh, you know, base, but it look, it's the world series. Are you kidding me? How do you not get excited about that? Yeah, it's uh, always, it's called the fall classic for a reason. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, uh, being gone, I didn't really follow the baseball playoffs as much as I normally do. But, uh, yeah, hard not to get excited about the World Series and uh, somebody's going to be a world champion. And I don't think, uh, and forgive me here, as I don't follow baseball like I do some other sports, but I don't think either team has won a World Series in a good number of years. Yeah, it's been a while. There's no question. I think that I think that's great. So you going to the game tomorrow? Going to the Colts game tomorrow? I am not. It's been kind of a busy weekend between doing the game last yeah. night and working this morning into the afternoon at the fan and being here tonight. So I'm going to have a nice chill yeah, day nice. tomorrow. Have uh, a friend, his wife and daughter coming over to hang out and uh, play the little Disney games and uh, right. watch a movie after the Colts game tomorrow. So I'm going to chill and. Uh, and watch the Colts game at home tomorrow and uh, Red right. Zone as well and keep track of fantasy football. Well, my wife and I don't have any friends, so <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, nobody's coming to the house. <laughs> I'm not sure so, about that. Well, you know, well, you know it, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's close. It, it's just how it goes. All right, Brad, great job. We still got a lot more to go, but Brad Huber coming up soon with a uh, scoreboard update which he does and does so well. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk more football. Um, college football, obviously, big uh, big topic of the day. So Brad's got the uh, scores of all the uh, schools here in the state. They'll give you the, you know, especially the uh, Division ones and a uh, tough day for everyone except Notre Dame. We're back after this scoreboard update on Indiana Sports Talk. College basketball today, Arkansas beat Purdue 81-77 in an exhibition scrimmage. Butler was all over Ohio Northern 78-46. Marion beat IU Southeast 90-76. And Indiana State beat Cincinnati 70-68. The Indiana Hoosiers open up their exhibition schedule against the University of Indianapolis Greyhounds 1 o'clock tomorrow at the Simon Scott Assembly Hall. NFL tomorrow, 1 o'clock games, Los Angeles Rams at Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings at Green Bay Packers at Atlanta Falcons at the Tennessee Titans. The Colts will host the New Orleans Saints. Miami Dolphins host the New England Patriots. The Jets are at the Giants, so they'll stay home. Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Philadelphia at Washington. Houston at Carolina. The 405 games. Cleveland at Seattle. 425 Kansas City at Denver. Baltimore at Arizona. Cincinnati at San Francisco. Sunday Night Football. Chicago at LA Chargers. Monday night, the Las Vegas Raiders will go to the Detroit Lions. NASCAR, Martins Speedway, Martin Trex Jr., Ty Gibbs will start on the front row. Chase Briscoe from Mitchell, Indiana will start on the inside row two with Danny Hamlin. Kyle Larson, Bubba Wallace in row three. Christopher Bell, Kevin Harvick in row four. Ryan Priest and Brett Keselowski in the fifth row. Playoff standings, second to last race of the year. Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson locked into the championship four. William Byron has a 30-point advantage in third. Ryan Blaney has 10 points to the good. Outside looking in, Tyler Reddick, Martin Trex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and then Chris Busher has to win at Martinsville tomorrow to get into the championship four coming up next week at the Phoenix International Raceway to see who will be the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk 
All right, Brad Huber, take me through NASCAR again and walk me through these these possible situations because we're getting down to the end. Yeah, second to last race of the season tomorrow at the short track, the half-mile Martinsville Speedway. We do know Christopher Bell, who won last week at the Homestead Miami Speedway, he will be a part of the championship four. Kyle Larson won at Las Vegas two weeks ago. He'll be a part of the championship four. William Byron from Hendrick Motorsports and 24 car is 30 points to the good. Ryan Blaney is 10 points to the good. And an outside looking in, Tyler Reddick is 10 points out. Martin Trex Jr. and Denny Hamlin, 17 points out. Chris Buescher, 43 points out. So, if one of those drivers who has not won yet uh, wins tomorrow, they get an automatic bid into the championship four. Otherwise, we are watching four points. And I think any of them can point their way in other than Chris Buescher, who will likely need to win tomorrow at Martinsville to run for the championship at Phoenix. It should be a very interesting 500 laps around that uh, half-mile paperclip short track at Martinsville tomorrow afternoon. It's been an exciting season. It's a long season. I think everybody understands it seems interminably long, quite frankly. But it's been exciting. And, and, and you know, the playoffs um, have created that excitement. And you, know, so you could argue that, you know, in some ways there are disadvantages to teams and some people get left out that probably shouldn't. But I'll tell you what, it, it, you're, here you are, two races left, and you're still battling and you still have opportunities. And uh, I think the fans have to be excited about it. Yeah, it's a very exciting format. Uh, you know, they changed it a number of years ago from just straight-up points like you see in IndyCar to this playoff format. It's almost like what you see in any other sport. If you mm-hmm, win, mm-hmm. you'll advance on in the playoffs, and if you don't, you'll be eliminated. So, you know, it's created this win-and-end scenario. If you win, you'll move on to the next round. And uh, that's what Chris Bell and Kyle Larson have done. And then it sets up a one-race shootout for the championship. And whoever high, uh, finishes higher between those four drivers will be the champion. So uh, we're down to the nitty-gritty here. We'll figure out who the four will be uh, tomorrow. And then those four will see who will be uh, the highest finisher and the champion for the season coming up next Sunday. It's uh, It's been exciting, but hard to believe that we are getting to the end of 2023 uh, but, you know, before we know it, we'll be getting ready for Daytona in February to kick off 2024. Yeah. So will you be channel surfing between NASCAR and uh, the Colts? Is that the game plan? <laughs> well, what I normally do, because I work from home on Mondays, is I record the NASCAR race. <laughs> I watch football with my wife, watch the Colts, watch football, red zone. Try not right. to see who won the race and right. who advanced, and I watch it on Monday while I'm working from home. So that's right. what I normally do. Next week I'll watch it live, though, because it's the championship. So uh, right. next week NASCAR will be my focus for sure uh, football can kind of take a, a week off or we have a two tv set up too so we can put football right, on the smaller right. tv race on the big tv next week and uh, both holly and i will uh, will be happy i see i see you in the not too distant future having one of those setups where you have literally you have an entire wall of screen <laughs> television screens you know like you have six different tvs that allows you to, to do what you do I mean, it's in this day and age, there, there are no lack of, of options to watch games and watch events. And so, you know, tomorrow's going to be one of those great days um, 
football, racing. We're going to get started with basketball. I, I love it when we have the football and basketball overlap. I think it's fantastic. And it gives you plenty of things on scoreboard updates to talk about, too. Like you're talking about Indiana State and Purdue and having some basketball. It will not be long before we get that started. I mentioned earlier tonight, Greg Rakestraw and I have an IUPUI game a week from Monday. So uh, our first appearance on ESPN Plus and all that. Brad Huber, great job. We got a little bit more to go, but thanks so much. We're back on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Sign up today. Help lives in the future. Anyone can sign up. No age limits, no health restrictions to sign up to be an organ donor. Every 10 minutes, someone is added to the donor transplant waiting list. There are more than 1,000 Hoosiers waiting for a life-saving organ transplant. And by signing up to be an organ and tissue donor, you can help save eight lives and heal 75 others. Again, their very important website, driven, the number two, savelives.org. It's been an interesting day of football. It'll be an interesting day tomorrow. Colts taking on the Saints. Uh, IU losing uh, to Penn State. 33-24, Boilermakers, you heard our conversation with Rob Blackman, struggling offensively. They lose to Nebraska, 31-14. to Notre Dame, very impressive win, 58-7 to over Pitt. An extremely impressive outing. Uh, Butler beats Valpo, 17-7. Uh, Indiana State in overtime, losing to South Dakota. University of Indianapolis beats... Upper Iowa, 35-7. to seven. Some uh, looking ahead, if you will. So Notre Dame uh, with their uh, big win uh, this afternoon. Um, they, they had the bye week um, last week. So they are, they, they are um, uh, taking on Clemson on the road uh, next Saturday. Purdue. Next Saturday will be at Michigan. Purdue had difficulty moving the ball offensively. Um, They'll be facing one of the best defenses in the country at Michigan next week. IU uh, at home against Wisconsin. We also uh, are getting to that point in the season where we have, uh, you know, basketball. Girls basketball will be starting. College basketball has already started. NAI schools are in action already. Uh, you heard about IU Southeast and um, I think I forget who IUS beat to today, but you have them playing. And then obviously we have the sectionals in football Friday night around the state. You heard our conversation earlier with Paul Condry talking about some of those great matchups as we head toward Thanksgiving and the Thanksgiving holiday where we'll figure out who's going to win the state championships. And so uh, this is a very, very busy time of year for sports. We had uh, soccer championships today, uh, volleyball next weekend in the IHSAA. So much going on. It's great to be able to do that. Colts and the Saints, uh, hopefully Colts can – you know, close one out. Uh, had a chance, obviously, last week against the Browns. Um, certain circumstances didn't allow them to win that game. So let's hope that that's a result that's different. Should be a lot of fun. Have fun with that. Thank you so much to Brad Huber, 
uh, and Nathaniel Finch and Jack Johnson. Thanks so much to our great stations around the state to bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night. And thanks to all of you for 30 years. You've made us the most listened to sports talk show in the state's history. It is the history-making, legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.